Hey guys, it's Tim. Some of you guys may know me as the Trivia Guy. But uh, thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Issue. Check us out three days a week on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoy it, tell a friend. You know, spread it around. If not, not a huge deal. Just don't listen again. Uh, we appreciate you guys stopping by, though, and, uh, and checking us out. But be sure to also check out the social media outlets. We have Twitter, at The Issue Podcast, and our Instagram, at The Underscore Issue Podcast. Thank you guys again for listening. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is the issue. It is Saturday, March 27th. Um, God, it's already March 27th. I know. We're through March, basically. I I mean, I don't want to call it that quick. But we're pretty much through March. There's like, what, two, two, three days? Three days? No, like three. I don't know. Does it have 30 or 31? I don't know. That's like the question where it's like, what months have 28? It's like, oh, all of them, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I never know how many days are in a month. But what I do know is that NFL free agency has pretty much most of the way wrapped up. Yeah. It's been really, really entertaining. The NFL is becoming increasingly mobile. People are moving all over the place. It's becoming even more of a transaction league than... Even the NBA, who's known for being a transaction league, so mm-hmm. um, I think it's good for the NFL. They're staying in the news. Even we're, we're talking about them for most of our show, and it's not even the season. No, it's not even the season. NBA is going down the stretch towards the playoffs. Hockey, I don't even know where they're at right now. I could not tell yeah. you the Penguins' last four outcomes. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> I think they won like two nights ago. I think I saw that. Um, MLB is in spring training. But that just shows you how awesome the NFL is. It trumps everything. Yeah, it does. Um, I mean, we're going to do a little mock draft. We're going to talk about free agency. And, yep. then, and then we will get into some baseball. We'll talk um, some divisional predictions uh, for the MLB season. It should be start MLB, dude, first game. I think game it starts like in five like days. Three or four days. It starts April 1st as the first pitch. So that's four days. Yeah. That's insane. I know. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The MLB season is going to be awesome this year. Gonna head down to the yard here for uh, the San Diego Potters, and they come into town. Head down to PNC. Absolutely, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a good time. But uh, let's start with some free agency. Okay. It has been insane. The NFL. There are some obvious, clear winners and losers, just like there is in everything. You know, we sit here and say, yep. everything's got to be equal and perfect." Well, it's like, no, there's always gonna be a loser every single time. Mm-hmm. Every single time. Um. And so we're going to go through some of the biggest winners and some of their moves and then some of the biggest losers and where they lacked in the offseason. Yep. And we'll just go back and forth here. So let's start with the Buccaneers because it, they have had far and above, far and away the best offseason that I think I remember in like a long time. Not mm-hmm. just this year, in a long time. They literally signed everyone. They did. AB is the only one that was a was on their team, became a free agent, and hasn't been signed yet. They signed Everyone. They're bringing everyone back. Yep. It's insane. So, Lamonte David's come back. They just signed Leonard Fournette and Ndamukong Sue, Jason Pierre-Paul, um, Shaq Barrett's coming back, Godwin's on the franchise tag. Everyone's back. Their offensive line is re-signed, who last year, the last, down the stretch, were, was one of the best three offensive lines in the league. Mm-hmm. Their back end shored up. I mean, they're now drafting. Like, when we do this mock draft, oh, we won't get to... Um, the Buccaneers will just do the first 16 picks in the mock draft because that's usually that's what's important. Right. The last 16, those are playoff teams. You know, mm-hmm. they're mostly drafting for depth and stuff. The the 
the Buccaneers are literally just drafting the best available player. They are full everywhere. Yeah. Like, think about a weakness on their team. Like, can you think? Look, running backs, you got Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. That's a top 10 backfield. Your wide receivers, you got uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller, that Tyler Johnson from uh, Minnesota that they brought in last year from the draft. Not to mention their quarterback is Tom Brady. Quarterback's Tom Brady. Their <laughs> offensive line, like I said, down the stretch was a top three unit. Their defense was, I mean, you saw what they did to Mahomes. I don't think I even need to explain it. No. They, um, they're they a very well-rounded team. I agree. Uh, they're good everywhere. Like you said, it's just going to come down to when they get to that 30-second pick, who is the best available player? Yeah, like that's it. I mean, it could be an offensive lineman, D-tackle, corner, safety. It doesn't matter. They don't need anybody, but I'm sure they'll be happy to take that first pick. They're drafting for the best available player for depth, period. Yeah. You know what I mean? Obviously, they're not drafting the best available player for the best available players like a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like, say, like, in some stretch of the imagination, if, like, Trey Lance falls to 32, which I think he'll be gone in the first, like, five picks. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm just saying, like, if something like that would happen, that's the only player you wouldn't take. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you just don't need a quarterback. Any other position, I could 100% see them drafting. Um, all right, how about the biggest losers, the Bears? Abysmal. Abysmal. Horrible. They're going to sit there and be like, oh, Russell Wilson this, Russell Wilson that. You know who they signed? Yeah, I know who they signed. Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. <laughs> okay, so, first of all, scheme-wise, Mitch Trubisky's a better option than Andy Dalton, and let me explain why. Mitch Trubisky won... Like sixty percent of his games as a starter, mm-hmm. which is like pretty good in a division with Aaron Rodgers. And look, we could bang on Kirk Cousins, but the Vikings have been a pretty good team the last like four or five years while Trubisky's been in the league. Mm-hmm. And so we could sit here and say, "Oh, you know, he's been in the tougher NFC, a tough division, and he's won sixty. I think it was like four percent of his games. You want to know why? Because he's mobile. So he won the opener, or he won like the first." But the Bears started out like what five and zero. They were they were that pretender team. That's that right. Started so he started he started out four and zero, and then Nick Foles came in, won that fifth game, and then Foles then went like zero oh, in his next six. Yep. And then it. Trubisky came in and won four more in yeah. a row. Right. So it's just like it confuses me. I, I don't understand how people are saying well Trubisky does. Trubisky can move. He's a playmaker with his feet. Yeah, he might not be the best thrower of the football. But they don't have weapons. Their offensive line's bad. Outside of Allen Robinson, you have nobody to throw to. Nobody. Yeah. Tariq Cohen's fine, but he's like 5'4". Like, we can sit here and be like, oh, size No, it does. Like, it does. You're going to get literally picked up and thrown into the third row. Like, I'm sorry. That's not a weapon. He's good, on like, in the return game. Not a terrible running back. He's not a weapon. No. That's not someone you're like, you can hang your hat on. Who's Andy Dalton going to be throwing to? Lawn furniture. He was an average quarterback throwing to arguably the best wide receiver core last year in Dallas. He had Zeke and Tony Pollard, which is a really good backfield, a solid offensive line, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup. And he was a slightly above average quarterback. He was probably about the 16th to 17th best quarterback statistically last year. And he's going to a city where there, he has no no support, no help, nothing. No running game, nothing. None. I, I don't understand that move at all. You need a playmaker. Um, and then also, the Allen Robinson franchise tagging him, that, that's so dumb. He is a big-time receiver. 
So uh, I'm saying outside of him, they have no weapons, but he himself is a big-time number one. Yeah. I think he is a top-10 receiver in this league. I just don't think he's been able to have it showcased. His quarterbacks have been Blake Bortles, Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles, and now Andy Dalton. Yeah, um, I agree with you there, but the only thing, and this kind of points to Chicago just being an incompetent organization, uh, organization in general right now, you have your guy, right? Your um, your receiver, best receiver, and you're going to franchise tag him. That seems a little bit like I, um, I, I what Philly you. did with the their quarterback situation. Keep your star happy. He's about the only thing you have going for your offense right now. Why wouldn't you pay him? Yeah, I, I think he's one of those guys where you, you gotta you you pay him long term, and especially because schematically, I don't even know if that's the the right word to to pick here. But Allen Robinson would be would be better off going to a different offense. Look, he had he probably had some really good offenses that wanted him. I'm not gonna sit here and say that Lamar Jackson's the best throwing quarterback. But from a success standpoint, I'm thinking he'd probably have more success in Baltimore. Just because they have a strong running game on play action, he would be wide open. Mm -hmm. He can get insane separation. I'm sure there's other teams that threw some pretty good money or would have thrown some pretty good money at him if he wasn't franchise tagged, right? Yeah. And it's just frustrating for him because he could go elsewhere and succeed. But he was still open to a long-term deal with the Bears. He was saying, look, I'm loyal to the city. Let's go. If you want to work out a long-term deal, I'm down to stay. And they still said, no, we're going to franchise tag you even though you're our best player, other than probably Khalil Mack. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. you got to lock him up. And if you're going to get a new quarterback, because, look, Andy Dalton's not the long-term solution. Nick Foles isn't the long-term solution. You already Trubisky's already gone. He's in Buffalo as a backup now. Dalton might last a year or two. Look, like none of those guys are your long-term options. So you're going to end up bringing another hopefully young quarterback in that you think has some potential, right? And you don't want a star receiver there for him? That just is dumb. That's stupid. That's really dumb. Because I'm guessing Robinson, now that he's gotten franchise tagged, probably not going to be too motivated to work out a long-term deal with him anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's 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 frustrating to see. And I don't understand all this cap issues for the Bears. Yeah, what's Look, up with that? Isn't it crazy? Look, the Bucks signed literally everyone. The Bears don't pay anyone. And the Bucks Andy just Dalton, won a Super Bowl. Andy Dalton's making $10 million a year. Yeah. Al Robinson's the only one other, and Khalil Mack. Three people are getting paid. The Bucks are paying everybody, and the and the Bears still had to let go of Kyle Fuller, who's far and away their best DB, outside of maybe Eddie Jackson, but he's a safety. They're, he's their best cornerback, and they let him go. Like I don't understand how they, they must not be playing with the same rules because they just can't get it right. No. Um, let's actually stay on the loser side because you know who else can't get it right is the Eagles. I don't understand it. I don't. Um, well, they botched their quarterback situation. They botched it. They picked the wrong one. Okay. Well, not only did they pick the wrong one, but then they came in after, um, and they told Jalen Hurts, they're like, look, you're going to have to earn your job. Like, yeah. We're bringing somebody else in. To, Joe to, Flacco? To what are you doing? So now he's going to, like, oh, you really got to compete here. We're going to make you just fight for every snap. Oh, so who am I fighting against? He looks over and sees... 30, 36, almost 37-year-old Joe Flacco, who's on his last leg, who hasn't been healthy for a full season in his last five NFL seasons, and Nate Sudfeld, who put up mediocre numbers at Indiana. Yeah. That's his, that's his competition. Are we kidding? Is that a joke? And then so, 
Look, the Eagles, look, I, I might not be a big Jalen Hurts fan, but he's good enough to win them like six to seven games a year, mm-hmm. which means they're not going to be drafting in the top ten next year or the year after, most likely. Yeah. Because, yes, we consider and say that they're kind of incompetent and stuff like that, but they're not so bad to where they're going to consistently win like four games a year and be in the top ten. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to be in a position to draft a quarterback next year. This is a loaded quarterback draft. And what do they do? Trade out of the top ten. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, they give up their sixth I overall d- pick to Miami for a, for a 12th? Yeah. And, Why? And, and they gave, or they ended up getting a first as well, like next year or the year after, something like that. Yeah. Which is like fine. Yeah, you want to build depth. I get that. But why are you trading away this year's sixth? It's a quarterback loaded draft, and I understand that you want to like give Joan Hurts, you know, an opportunity. That's fine. Justin Fields probably needs eight to ten games to sit. I wouldn't mind if Trey Lance had ten to twelve games to sit. Mac Jones, even Mac Jones, I wouldn't mind if you sit him a little bit. I'm not a huge fan of Mac Jones, but I still think it's. I think he's better than Jalen Hurts. I'm sorry. He's a more accurate thrower of the football. He just throws a better football than Jalen Hurts. When Jalen Hurts wasn't in play action, he completed under 50% of his throws. Can we let that... People rip on Lamar Jackson for not being able to throw the football. Lamar Jackson, not on play action, completes over 60% of his throws. Yep. Jalen Hurts won one out of, what, three games? Lamar Jackson wins over 80% of his games. I don't understand like what we're looking at here. When everyone in the world knew Jalen Hurts was going to throw the football, he was far and away the worst quarterback to do it within the last five years statistically. That's including backups. Duck Hodges had a better QBR than him. Yeah. And I hate Duck Hodges. Like, are we kidding? No one was ever like, oh, Duck Hodges is the guy. Duck Hodges won more games than Jalen Hurts. Duck Hodges completed more passes than Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Duck Hodges had more touchdowns, not including rushing touchdowns than Jalen Hurts. And no one's like, oh, Doc Hodges is definitely the future in Pittsburgh. So why is Jalen Hurts the future in Philly? I don't understand that. I get he showed some fight. He showed some grit. You know, he beat a good team in the Saints. And he was hanging in there against, I don't even remember the other team, but oh, uh, the, the, the Cardinals. I don't care. He's just not the answer. And when you're in a quarterback-loaded draft, you don't trade out of the top ten, period. Um, okay, let's go to another. Let's go to a winner. In the offseason, right? I'm getting down. I'm getting, getting sad. Okay. Um, okay, winner. How about the Giants? Giants had a good offseason so far. Kenny Galladay. That's a pretty big pickup. It is. I think he. I think he's a legitimate number one. I think he's super talented. He's got a big frame. Kyle Rudolph, who didn't, towards the end there, was not working in um, in Minnesota that well as a tight end. I think he's going to be really good with um, Evan Ingram opposite him. Um, who else they sign? I think they signed a couple more guys. Let's see, right here, right here. No? I, c- I could have sworn they signed some more guys. Either way. Okay, oh yeah, and they um, dropped the big contract. His name is uh, Kevin Zeitler. He ended up signing with the Ravens. His contract was a little bit too big, and he wasn't producing. I like that, cutting room. They signed Leonard Williams, the D-tackle, to a long-term deal. I love that move. I love it. He's a big run-stopper in there, and he can get to the quarterback. That's a good move. And they are in a pretty good spot to draft depth around Daniel Jones on the offensive line. So they drafted offensive line last year, and it proved to be a decent draft, right? Mm-hmm. If they can build on that and Saquon comes back, I, I just I, I, I like where they're going. Yeah. Um, 
I really like them with Saquon back. We saw the Giants this past season. They were the team who we were saying every single week. Like, they're getting better every week. They're not oh, yeah. winning these games, but they're getting a little bit better. Daniel Jones doesn't look horrible. He doesn't well, look last, bad. With the last, like, eight games, he only had, like, two turnovers. And, and this is without their star running back, too. This is yeah. without Saquon. So And you add a star receiver now? Right. And you build that offensive line around Daniel Jones a little so, bit? So, are you looking at the draft order there? Yeah. When do they draft? 11. 11. Okay, there's going to be a pretty good um, offensive lineman at 11. There will be. Now... We're going to do a mock draft. If so, There's some guys there that are on my draft board personally that if they fall, say a guy like Jalen Waddle or Jamar Chase, if they fall to 11 and I'm sitting there and I'm uh, I'm New York, I'm thinking, I don't know, I might, you might pick them up. You yeah, know? Yeah. But I think their plan is to get a good a good lineman. So I, I like where they're going. Yeah. They um, they definitely have more of a positive outlook than, their defense than a lot of these solid teams. Last year too. And they're also in a very dysfunctional division, so they have that going for them as well. It's a very winnable division. Um, okay, how about another winner, the Jags? Now, I think are you, you're going to say, oh, the Jags don't win in anything, slow down. Well, I think they did win, so they have the top pick and the most cap space um, in the entire league. So they go out and sign Shaquille Griffin, three years, um, 44.5. Uh, million dollars. He's definitely was one of the top corners on the market. So you're going out, you're addressing a need. Um, you know, I wouldn't say he's a great DB, but he's definitely a solid B plus. He's a good B plus cornerback. You know yeah, what I mean? So yep. you so you, you pick him up. You go out and get a guy um, like Marvin Jones, who was opposite Kenny Galladay. One of he was he was definitely a, he's a top twenty receiver. So you get him, you have DJ Chark, you got that LaVisca Chenault that they drafted last year. They got a solid core for Trevor Lawrence to throw to. And you go outside a defensive tackle. Like they, they just have made small little moves here and there that I think are going to be major impacts when you when you um, infuse Urban Meyer and, and Trevor Lawrence in there. Yep. Um, they also have two first-round picks. So... So when do they pick? They pick one and they pick one and twenty fifth. So, who's that twenty fifth from? Um, the Rams. I'm trying to think like how they got that. I don't. I don't even know. But whatever. Um. So. Oh, from the Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So they're gonna draft depth. They're gonna. They're gonna get. Um. Obviously, they're gonna get Trevor Lawrence. They're gonna be lighting in a bottle. I think. Mm-hmm. I think they're gonna be a solid. Eight to nine win team, yep. which going from a one win team to a nine win team, that's going to be pretty good. That's big. You know the division's not; it's a good division, but it's not great. Yeah, and the Colts are definitely going to be really good. Oh yeah, the Titans are like good, but they're not great. They did sign Bud Dupree. I like that sign. They're not on the biggest winners or the biggest losers. They had a good offseason. I wouldn't call them the biggest winner though. Yeah, more mediocre. Yeah, it was a, it was a good average. Mm-hmm. It was average. They addressed a need, but they didn't address address multiple needs. I think that's what you need to do to be on this list here. Um. Look, we're not saying Jacksonville's coming out and winning and, and winning no. the division this Look, year. They but they could easily come in third in the division, but still be nine and seven. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously we know that um Houston's gonna be a tire fire. I, I think, if Deshaun doesn't play. Which I don't think he's going to. He said even if he doesn't get traded, I don't think he's gonna play. Houston doesn't even have a first round pick. No, no, they don't. They're in they're in cap hell and they have no picks. It's a horrible franchise. It's terrible. Um all right. So, yeah, I think the Jags are heading in generally the right direction. Next on the list. Let's go biggest losers now. 
I think the Ravens had a very disappointing offseason. They did. And here's why. They were throwing money at Juju. They were throwing money at um, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. They were throwing money at a bunch of these bigger-name receivers. T.Y. Hilton. They threw money at everyone. T.Y. Hilton said he would have made more on the day that he signed with the Ravens than he would have in his entire contract that he just signed with the Colts. But he didn't want to go there so bad that he re-signed with the Colts. What's that tell you? That's organizational dysfunction right there. I wouldn't even go dysfunction. It's just, I like Lamar Jackson, but you're not going to get these big-name guys signing up to come play there when it's clearly a run-first offense. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be have to be one of those situations where you draft a receiver. You know what I mean? Because you're not going to get the big name. You're not going to get the big name receiver. It's almost like um, the the Colorado Rockies in baseball. You're not going to get a big name pitcher to come pitch in thin air and say, "Hey, man, you basically have to tap the ball with a wiffle bat and it'll go 450 feet." You want to come play for us and play home games here? The guy would look at you and go, "Absolutely not." That's why the Rockies haven't signed a big time pitcher in a long time. That's just the reality of of uh, Baltimore. You're not going to be able to sign a big-name guy like that. That's a great analogy. Good comparison there. Yeah. I like yeah. that. So, but anyway, they ended up getting Sammy Watkins, which I think is underwhelming considering other guys that were on the market. Yeah. Like I said, like a Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. Um, so I, I don't know. Maybe Biggest Loser might be a little bit of an overstatement, but they just didn't address enough needs. They need weapons. They let Mark Ingram go. Um, they just don't have the receiving. They completely whiffed on the Hollywood Brown pick. He's just not good. No. Um, so now you're just trying to backpedal here. Their defense has gotten worse. They've lost uh, Matt Judon. I think they lost another linebacker. So they're not gaining a lot, and they're losing too much. Mm-hmm. So they're they're spending more than they're bringing in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. How about let's go Washington as one of the biggest losers. The Washington football team. They are a quarterback away. They, they made the playoffs and gave Tom Brady a run with Taylor Heineke. Go out and get Sam Darnold. Go out. Deshaun Watson's on the market. Pay top dollar. Well, they're not taking calls, but do whatever you got to do. Like, you got to go get someone. You go out and get Ryan Fitzpatrick? Look, I like Fitz. I think he's a really good, really, really good backup. Probably one of the best backups in league history. He is not your guy if you're a quarterback away. No. Period. No. Because Miami's a quarterback away. If they felt that Fitz was the guy to take him over, they would have just kept him. Miami's a quarterback away. Their defense is really good. They have decent weapons now that they've signed Will Fuller. Um, if they could get their, that Brian Flores. Tua. Brian Flores seems to be a, uh, a hit, a rock star of a head coach. Yeah. They got some decent weapons um, in the backfield, and their offensive line is getting better. They're a quarterback and maybe one more offseason away. Like, if they had a good offseason, a good draft here, and a quarterback, this coming year they could be easily be a top 18. Yeah. Right now, I'd say they're a top 12. Mm-hmm. They're a quarterback away. And I think that Washington's the same thing. I love so many of their moves. Curtis Samuel, that's a great move. Curtis Samuel's a really, really good wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Washington gets William Jackson. He's a good DB from um, Cincinnati. I like him as a player. I think they overpaid. Three years, $42 million for a guy that was on Cincinnati. Do you know how bad their defense was? It was clearly abysmal. Mm-hmm. Like, is, is, is someone that was on that bad of a defense really that impactful? Is he $42 million impactful? Probably not. No. He's probably somewhere around 35 to $36 million impactful. 
So, um, like, I like some of their moves. But then you get to the Fitz move, and you're like, what are you doing? You're a quarterback away. Go get Sam Darnold. Yeah. Go get Sam Darnold. They, um... It's frustrating. And you lose a guy like Ronald Darby on your back end. So, I just... Could have been better for them. I think it really could have been better. It could have been a lot better. I think expectations are why they're on the biggest losers list. I expect them to go out and notice that they're a quarterback and maybe a couple more pieces away and say, let's go. You know what I mean? Yep. But whatever. <sighs> biggest winners. How about the Colts? Yep. I that's think. A, that's a Super Bowl contender. That's a, that's a Super Bowl team right there. So let's see what they've done this offseason. So obviously they get Carson Wentz. That's huge. That's gigantic. Frank Reich. You know, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Philip Rivers' second most efficient season was with this past year at age what forty with Frank Reich. Yeah, his second most efficient season was back in San Diego, and Frank Reich was his quarterbacks coach. Andrew Luck's best season was was was, was with Frank Reich. Carson Wentz's best season is with Frank Reich. He's gonna figure it out. They've got to steal a quarterback. You're able to um, you get Michael Pittman and um, Jonathan Taylor in the system for another year the uh, wide receiver and the running back, and then you go out and you're able to re-sign T.Y. Hilton, who's a good veteran receiver. And he's going to be a great target for For Wentz, yeah. yeah. Yeah, He's a good speed receiver down the field, and if you remember, Deshaun Jackson was big for Wentz when he was really playing well. Mm -hmm. So it's necessary. They needed a guy with some speed. I think they still should go out and draft another receiver. Uh, Like, when do they pick? You have the draft order pulled up. Um, Let's see. They have the 21st. Okay, so it's very plausible that one of these pretty good receivers drops them. So there's three top receivers, I would say. You got Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase. Not that many teams early on need receivers, so unless teams overdraft, it's possible that one of those guys falls to them. Yeah. Um, or you might even see a, a, a draft day trade just to move up into 14, 15 range and get one of those guys, which I think you need. You need a speed guy down the field. Um, but I, I am really excited to watch that football team. I think they're going to be really good. Absolutely. Uh, the last winner on the list, Patriots. I, this one doesn't even need a lot of description. No. They went out and they purchased their entire team. Two really good tight ends. Nelson Aguilar, I don't think he's a one, but I think he's a really good two receiver. I think Kendrick Bourne is a middle to upper class three receiver. And I think you add Julian Edelman to that, that's a... That's a good. I'll give it a B minus, but you can you can win with a B minus uh, with a B minus team. I really think you can. Uh, or I'm talking B minus wide receiving core. Plus, if you include just overall weapons, James White out of the backfield, Hunter Henry, etc. Um, you know they could be a pretty good offense. I think Cam his second year is going to be better. And they get so many guys. So many guys opted out last year for them. They get so many guys back. Mm-hmm. Their offensive line it looks pretty good. Yeah. I think it's going to be good. Absolutely. Um, definitely oh. going to be interesting to watch. And now we're going to get into I'm excited. our mock draft, mm-hmm. the issue's first ever mock draft. See, in years past, I've never been really excited uh, to, to not just watch the draft, but just to keep up with it. You know what I mean? I agree. Um, I think this year's going to be really interesting. One, just because so many things can shift around. This has been probably one of the most fluid off-seasons that I've ever seen and, and that I can remember. Um, so, I mean, look, you just had literally yesterday San Francisco traded up to the third pick. And then, so yeah, then Miami traded down and then traded back up to six, yeah. yeah. Um, so 
there's going to be some interesting moves. We are going to give you our mock draft predictions. So who do you want to start? Um, do you want me you to go flip with a the coin? Yeah, 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 let's flip a coin. All right, flip a coin then. All right, well, let me find a coin. Oh, there's coins over there if you want to get them. Give me a sec, give me a sec. That away. Oh. Why do you have so many quarters? Poker. Ah, I got a little poker. Yeah. Oh, okay, sorry about that. I'm back. Let me get my draft order pulled up real quick. Why can't I find it? It's uh, NFL Instagram posted 19 hours ago, if that helps. Okay, that's the top 11. I need the whole thing. I'll just send it to you. There you yeah. go. Okay, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. Yep. All right, okay, let's see. All right, okay. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll flip to see who goes first. You want to call it in here? Yep. Tails. Tails. There we go. All right, so do you want – you could you could pick I'm first. I'm taking second. first pick. Okay, you can take first pick. First pick of the 2021 NFL draft. Mock the issue draft. The issue mock draft. The Jacksonville Jaguars will select – Trevor Lawrence. I don't think this one's going to be much of a surprise. Uh, he's been electric since he came into Clemson and you know won a national championship as a freshman. What was he like, twenty eight and one as a sophomore by that he's point? He's insane. Um, he he is, lost what one game, right? Yeah, that Joe Burrow game. Yeah. Wait, no, this past year he lost one too, didn't he? Yeah, he he lost two this past year. I just lost one to Bama. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So he's lost like two in his career. Yeah, um, he is. He's probably the most prolific uh, college quarterback that I've ever seen play. Uh, puts up incredible stats. I don't think it's any surprise Jacksonville picks him number one. They need a quarterback. They're going to build around him, um, and I think him and Urban Meyer will actually work really well together. I definitely get it. Um, okay, so let's go with the number two pick, the Jets. Now I know a lot of people are saying Zach Wilson this, Zach Wilson that. I see that, but they haven't moved Sam Darnold yet. And I guarantee you there have been some very enticing calls for him. Mm -hmm. I think they see something in Sam. I think they keep Sam Darnold and they draft offensive lineman out of Oregon, Pene Sewell. Okay. Okay. He is an absolute beast. He's 6'6", 330 pounds. Runs a sub five um, forty yard dash, which at that weight, if you're running sub five, that's all I care about. You're a freak of nature. Yeah. He's a freak of nature. He might be a little underdeveloped footwork wise, but he is a beast. And if the, if you haven't moved um, Darnold by now, I'm not sure what you're doing because he's losing value. And I think that's indicating that they actually might keep Sam Darnold. So I'm going to go with they're going to pick Pene Sewell. Now I don't think they should. I think that's what they're going to do though. Okay. Um, third pick is going to be San Francisco. They traded up. For a um, reason, probably. You're not trading up to get an offensive lineman. You're not trading up to get you know a, a back-end guy on the defense. No, you're trading up because you don't have faith in Jimmy Garoppolo, and they are going to draft Zach Wilson from BYU. Okay. They've been all over him. They were at his pro day. I don't know if you saw the, um, the Kyle Shanahan was like with him the entire time yeah. and working with him. Um, 
I know that they've been really interested in him, so I'm going to go Zach Wilson gets drafted at number three by the 49ers. And, um, yeah, even if he has to sit behind Jimmy G for a game or two or a couple weeks, but I, I do see them taking him. Okay, so now four is the Falcons. Personally, I think Matt Ryan's got a couple years left. So with that being said, they need speed and they need tackling on defense. I think they go out and they get Micah Parsons from Penn State. Linebacker, he's 6'3", 245 pounds. Absolute freak of nature. He's huge. He ran a 4'3", 640 as a, as a linebacker. He reminds me a lot of that Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson last year, but better. He's more linebacker than safety, I think, than Isaiah Simmons was. But um, I just think they don't need a quarterback right now. I think Matt Ryan still has two more really good years left. And you put Arthur Smith there with him, I, I, I see it working really well. Look what yeah. Arthur Smith did with Tannehill. You know what I mean? I think, I think Matt Ryan's going to be really good. Yep. Oh, man. This is going to be... Okay. So now we move down to the number five pick, the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, man. Who do I want? I'm kind of between a couple guys here. Got to protect. Uh, Got to protect Joe Burrow. You do. You have to start drafting some sort of an offensive line. Um, that's why I really like Rashawn Slater. Dude, have you ever seen some of his his tape? Oh my god! Right now, I think I could pull some have up. Have you seen those pancake blocks? There you <laughs> I, go. Doesn't he lead college football in pancake blocks? I think so. Hold up! I just pulled up a video. It's an ad, real quick though. This dude is a freaking. He's huge. He's a, he's one of those road grader guys. So he's gonna be able to establish a run game, but he's also, I think with him, he's a unique mix of really good at both pass blocking and run blocking. Mm-hmm. That's what's impressive to me because he's a road grader. He reminds me of Quentin Nelson. Yeah, he just runs over people. Yep. But the athleticism that he provides can allow him to pass block really well. So um, yeah, I like that pick. Yeah, I like that pick oh, is a there lot. No, is there no highlights here? Oh, there's no highlights. Anyway, um, okay, Rashawn Slater, I think that's a good pick. So who we got next? Uh, okay, so now... Miami at six. Miami. Hold up, I'm writing these down real quick. Okay. Um, Zach Wilson to San Fran. And then Panay to New York. And then we got Trevor to Jacksonville. Okay. So we got Miami here. See, I think... If I'm Miami, I do not want to be trapped with um, with Tua. Look, there's already been concerns within the building. So I think you you got to draft a guy like Justin Fields or Trey Lance, and I'm sitting here trying to talk myself through both. I personally think Trey Lance is a better prospect. And this might be Carson Wentz bias, but... There's more recently been a good quarterback come out of North Dakota State than there has Ohio State. Yeah. Actually, I don't think there's ever been a top quarterback that came out of Ohio State. Think think back. Terrell Pryor, not a top quarterback. Troy Smith, not good. Haskins, no. Cardale Jones, no. JT Barrett, absolutely not. Braxton Miller ended up having to go to wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Like There just hasn't been a top Ohio State quarterback. And I think Trey Lance is a freak of nature. 6'4", 226. He's only an inch taller than Fields and actually a little bit more slight, but he's got a 
a rocket of an arm. He reminds me a lot of like a Josh Allen coming out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Miami. Doesn't want to get trapped with two. They're going to take Trey Lance from okay. North Dakota State. Okay. So now we're going to look at the seventh pick here, the Lions. Kind of a weird move this offseason, right? They dump Stafford. They pick up Jared Goff. Jared Goff, Goff yeah. Um, now, now, what is Jared Goff going to need to succeed? He's going to need a big, reliable target. Um, so that's why I really like tight end Kyle, Kyle Pitts, Pitts yeah. to uh, to Detroit. That's a no-brainer. Look, we can sit here and say, um, you know, obviously they need defense. I think that's something you draft and in, in, uh, address in, in free agency. I'm sorry. Kyle Pitts is going to win you significantly more games than, say, I think the next best defensive guy on the board is um, that Caleb Farley, that DB. Oh, dude. But they just took a DB, so and that didn't really work out. Like, do you really want to take another one, or do you want to take Quiddy Pay? I don't. I just don't see that. You know, I don't see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that pick a lot, which is good because then that leaves Justin Fields at number eight for the quarterback needy. Um, Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, Teddy Bridgewater is a solid... He is the 20th best quarterback in the NFL, which I'm not trying to take anything away from him. But you can't win a Super Bowl with the 20th best quarterback. He's a good quarterback. Look, if you're the 20th best quarterback in the world, somewhere around there, you're a pretty good quarterback. Oh, he's yeah. accurate. He doesn't make mistakes. He's semi-mobile. He's smart. He's, an, he's a grown-up. But I think all those are very good attributes for a good backup quarterback to teach a Justin Fields who probably needs, like I said, eight to ten games to sit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like Justin Fields going to Carolina there. Okay. Uh, ninth pick um, it goes to the Denver Broncos here. Now, this is a team we just started. We just talked about Caleb Farley, right? They, they, and yeah. they, this is a team that needs to rebuild their the back end of their defense. They need cover guys. They They've need lost dudes. a lot of guys to free agency and stuff. They have. So that's who I like uh, Denver Broncos to go ahead and pick at number nine, cornerback Caleb Farley. Okay, I personally think Patrick Sertain's a better DB, even though most draft boards have him like rated under Farley. I think Sertain's a better DB. My... Thinking, look, I know the Fullers have both come out of VTech, which is good. You know, those are good players. Mm-hmm. But I think more high impact players have come out of Bama from the defensive side. So that's just my thing. But I do like the Caleb Farley pick. I still think he's going to be a very good player. Um, in in the in the NFL, who's that go to the the Broncos, right? Yeah, the Broncos. Okay. Okay, so now we're sitting there and we're looking at Dallas at ten. Dallas, you absolutely must. This is, this is perfect because I like Sertain better, mm-hmm. and you just let Sertain fall right to me there at 10. I, I think he's a can't-miss player if you need defense. Um, I, I'm sitting here looking at this draft board. They have, and most draft boards have, have a guy like Quiddy Pay, who's a defensive lineman rated above Sertain. But I think Sertain's a high-impact player. He reminds me a lot of Minka coming out. Very ball-hawking guy. Makes plays on the ball, and Minka's arguably... The, a top two, maybe even one safety in the league. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, that's a no-brainer. Patrick Sertain um, to the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. So at 11, you have the New York Giants. We just talked about how they had a, a pretty nice offseason, right? Yep. They're in our winner's category. Now you have a quarterback like Daniel Jones, who both of us think is a He's a really good quarterback. Took a lot of not really good, but he's a viable quarterback. I think 
Okay, so we always say this. We say you need a top 12 quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Literally, you just you just need it. There hasn't been a guy outside of the top 12 to win a Super Bowl in a long time. Yeah. You need a top 12 quarterback, and you need to pay him accordingly. You can't pay the 12th best quarterback like the second best quarterback. Mm-hmm. Right, so we both agree you can build around him as long as you don't pay him like the first best quarterback and you acknowledge that he is the 12th best quarterback and needs some help. Right. Period. So something I think, the the Giants need weapons. They need weapons around Daniel Jones. That's why I really like wide receiver Jamar Chase okay, you're to go the Jamar Giants Chase. at 11. Okay, I, I, I like that pick. I do think he needs weapons. I think since they got Galladay, though, I probably would have went offensive line. I think he just needs some more help there because he does have a fumbling issue, and the cleaner you can make that pocket, the more that issue isn't a problem. Right. Um, but I, I don't mind that pick. I think Jamar Chase is a really good player, and I think if he does fall that far, it's hard to look at him and say, I'm not going to pick him. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, okay, so now we're sitting there looking at Philadelphia at 12. Pretty much a tire fire of a team. Personally, I think that's. The, I just don't think they're a good football team. I don't think they have a lot of good direction anywhere, really. The top quarterbacks are gone. I think you'd be overdrafting at Mac Jones here at 12. I'm not a big Mac Jones believer. I think you. I think you're way overdrafting if you take him now. You're sitting there looking at a guy like Jalen Waddle has fallen this far, and you took Jalen Rieger last year, and he ended up being not good. I'm not sure you can pass up another can't miss prospect. Like so they passed up on Justin Jefferson last year. Yeah. Don't mess up and take a guy like let's see Rondale Moore, who's the 18th best prospect on this board, or or Kadarius Tony. No, go for the guy that won the Heisman, Devontae Smith, or go for Jalen Waddle. Okay, so who are you drafting? Who's your official pick for that spot for the Eagles? <sighs> I like Devontae Smith. I think he's a better route runner. Okay. I think he creates more space, and for a guy like Jalen Hurts, who's not all that accurate, like if you're going with him, you might as well full send it with him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you're going to pick Jalen Hurts, you might as well go for it. So you got to get guys that fit his style, and he needs guys to be open. Period. And Devontae Smith is seemingly always open. I'm going to go Devontae Smith there. Okay. Now, for the 13th pick and the Chargers, I am going to go ahead and take Jalen Waddle here. Really? Yes. No. Because wow. I want because I think wow. I think you put him and Justin Herbert together, that is a connection that's going to be insane. Write it down. I, that is that's going to be a huge connection this year. All right, I just think I think you're looking at the the draft board here and so that's going to LAC. Okay. The guy like Christian Darrisaw, offensive lineman or a guy like Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. I mean they they Pro Football Focus had the Chargers as the worst offensive line in football, so you know I probably would have went offensive line. But again, hard to pass up Jalen Waddle. He's a he's a really good. Prospect. I mean, if he's still sitting on the board right there, and you have a young quarterback like Justin Herbert, and you want a really really good target for him to throw to, Jalen Waddle all day. Okay, number fourteen is the Minnesota Vikings. I don't think you. I th- again, I still think you're overdrafting Mac Jones, and I'm not sure Mac Jones' ceiling is much higher than Kirk Cousins' is right now. So I'm not sure it's worth a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at other quarterbacks. I don't think we already took the big four. I'm not sure anyone else is worth a, uh, a first-round pick. Um, they're fine on 
the offensive line. Not a terrible unit. It's not great, but it's not terrible. Um, Dalvin Cook's fine. Your weapons are fine. Their back end, they actually shirt up with Patrick Peterson. It's pretty good. You know, their linebackers are okay. I think you need speed up front. I think your front seven needs speed, athleticism. Mm-hmm. And I think if Quiddy Pay has fallen this far, you got to take him. He's 6'4", 270, and he moves like he's about 5'10", 180. Mm-hmm. He moves quick, quick like a cat. He's one of those defensive linemen that you can line up on the outside as well. Um, he's a, he's one of those can't-miss guys. He's a he's a big freak of nature. I'm going with Quiddy Pay. They need, they need pass rushers. So, at the 15th spot here, the New England Patriots. Okay, Would I be crazy to go ahead and say that I could see them taking a running back? Because... I could see that. I, I just... I could, because I think if Najah Harris is still there, it's tough to exactly. just look at him and be like, no. Exactly. So, I was between... I really like Travis Etienne. I do like Etienne. I think he's a little slight for my um, my preference. I guess you could say Najee Harris would be such a good option, though, and he would fit right into that New England culture too. That just punch you in the mouth, run through your face, running game. It's tough. Yeah, that's that's a tough. I'm gonna go yeah. Najee Harris. You're gonna go Najee. Mm-hmm. I think Najee Harris is a really, really good prospect. So it, this happened with Bama backs. We're sitting there. I'm looking at this draft board. He's on. He's the 37th best prospect. I'm like, are you out of your mind? People in Alabama who have seen Derrick Henry, Eddie Lacy, Trent Richardson, they go, they literally said Najee Harris is better than Derrick Henry at the, when Derrick Henry was here. <laughs> like at this stage in their career, he's better than Derrick Henry. And I'm like... Um, has anyone seen Derrick Henry? He's a freak of nature. He's won the rushing title two years in a row. Like, if I can get a guy that's supposedly better from a first-hand account, they say he's better, that's a no-brainer for yeah. me. That's a no-brainer, so I, I like that pick a lot. And he's going to New England, right? Yep. And now our last pick in our mock draft. The Cardinals. See, I think their defense, they just got J.J. Watt. They have a decent back end. You could draft in the back end, but I'm not sure I, I like any of the DBs. Um, Tyson Campbell's not bad. Um, that Jace Horn out of South Carolina is quickly rising up the boards. I, I think if a guy um, like Christian Darrisaw, the offensive lineman out of Virginia Tech, has fallen to 16, that would be good. He's about the he's anywhere from the 11th to 14th best prospect in this draft. Mm-hmm. And if he falls to 16, you got to protect Kyler Murray. You know what I mean? And uh, Darrisaw. Is a very athletic guy, three fourteen, but he's six five, so he's just a big dude coming at you. Uh, he can get on the edge, he can pull, he can he can lead block. I, I think he's one of those guys that you, we always say you got to get a quarterback, protect him, and then get guys that can get to their quarterback. Mm-hmm. They got guys that can get to their quarterback. They have their quarterback. They just need to protect theirs. Now keep Kyler upright. He's small. You yeah. gotta let him get hit too much. He's not going to be there for long. You got to keep him upright. I think Christian Derrissaw is the pick here. All right. Well, that is our mock draft. Um, we should get something, get a graphic up with that on Instagram for sure. So go to our Instagram at the underscore issue podcast. Um, find us on Instagram. But uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will have MLB divisional predictions, and you're not going to miss that. So And some betting for the uh, NCAA attorney. Not a very uh, – 
big better when it comes to the tourney because it's crazy. But I'll give you what I feel are the best are the best picks. All right, MLB and March Madness coming up next. Yo, what's going on? Back. I guess almost. Oh, it's almost like hour number two now. It is but almost seg- segment hour number two. two. First one was a pretty long one. If you were uh, listening to that, you've already you know been here with us for about forty seven ish minutes. I mean, Some yeah. ads in there too, so a little bit longer. But uh, for some reason, I if just, you actually skipped here, go back. We did a mock draft. We did it was do a mock awesome. It's a lot of fun. I yeah, like that. It was really fun. We should definitely um, you know do that next year for sure, and then yeah. uh, maybe even. Well, baseball, you don't really do mock drafts. We'll, but we'll do a lot of draft coverage once the actual oh, NFL yeah. draft gets closer and the combines. Yeah. And well, there's no combine this year, but a lot oh, of pro, right. a lot of pro days. We've been doing. We've it's been so seeing upsetting. a lot of pro days. Yeah, it's so upsetting. Um, but so now we're gonna get into some another game like scenario type of thing. We're gonna do MLB standings. So we're gonna go through the divisions and we're just gonna talk through our thinking and why we think we're not gonna do records or anything like that because that would involve going through literally every schedule. Yeah. Um. That's just not realistic. But, um, no, we're going to tell you what we think the order the teams are going to finish in each of the divisions. So, um, I think we should probably start in the NL. Let's start with the NL East. So, we got the Braves, the Marlins, the Mets, the Phillies, and the Nationals. Now, let's start with our last place team here. So, I know the Marlins made the playoffs, but from a talent standpoint, they're the worst team in the division. And and it was also, you have to remember, a very weird shortened season. Anybody could really make it if they got streaky, got hot at the right time. It wasn't the full season. So back to a normal MLB season. I, I, look, I, I actually think this is a really good division. I think the Marlins are still going to be competitive, but I just don't see them being better than any of the other teams here. No, especially Atlanta, who's improved a lot. Philly, who's improved a lot. The Mets, who's, their pitching staff is now incredible. Yeah, I, so, I don't think the Marlins have the pitching to keep up with these teams. No, so I would I would put the Marlins last in the division. Alright, let me just write that on down there. Okay. Marlins. Alright. Um, now, I, I would go Phillies next. I would go Phillies. I, I don't think they have the pitching, and outside of Bryce Harper, I'm not sure they have the offense to compete with a team like the Braves or the Mets or even the Nationals. Or even the Nationals. Yeah, I think with Juan Soto, Trey Turner, and then you get Scherzer and Strasburg. Yeah. I just think that's a better overall team. I, w- I would go Phillies four here, even mm-hmm. with Bryce Harper. Yep. Yeah. I'll go Phillies. And then for that third place, I'd have to put mm, Atlanta. I'd say Ooh, Atlanta. I don't know, man. I think Atlanta's towards the top. I, See, look, like look, the, the pitching in this division is really undervalued here. I mean, look at the, the pitching in Atlanta is really good. See, I would probably go Nationals next. Nationals. I know they have good pitching, and I know Juan Soto and Trey Turner is good. But you look at like, like for example, let's look at the Mets. So take the top two hitters for the Nationals. You got Soto and Turner. So now let's look at. The Mets, you got Lindor, Alonzo. I mean, just better players. Mm-hmm. So I, Ahmed Rosario. I just think they're a better team. Michael Conforto can hit, and then you go to pitching. I know that the top two are probably better for the Nationals, but overall, you got like it's a deeper rotation just got more in depth. New York. Yeah. So I would probably go Nationals three. Okay. Write that right, down. Nats. This lime water is just hitting right now. Gotta love lime water. <laughs> Gotta love. Stay hydrated out there, folks. Um, 
All right, for the two spot, I, I'd put Atlanta and then Mets number one. I, I, I'm down with that. See, I think I could also see it the other way around. So let's just talk about that for a little bit. The Braves might have the deepest lineup in in this division, but I think their pitching is very inexperienced. Inexperienced. Yeah, inexperienced. Yeah. Max Freed, uh, Mike Soroka, they're just not big-time players yet. I think next year Atlanta's going to be the best team in this division. Mm-hmm. But I think this year, when you add Francisco Lindor, um, I agree. So I'm going to go Atlanta at two and the Mets at one. Yeah. That Mets pitching, I think, is really just going to be the thing that wins. DeGrom, Syndergaard, and Strowman. You can't really compete with that. That's so good. I mean, um, unless you're, you know, San Diego or L.A. Or L.A., yeah. Um, okay, let's go to the NL Central now. Oh, God. All um, right. Pirates. Last place in the NL Central. This may come as a shock to everybody, but we're going to go with Pittsburgh. They're the only team from the division that didn't make the playoffs last year. Uh, the Cubs, the Cardinals, the Reds, and the Brewers all made the playoffs. The Pirates sat down there with under 20 wins. Okay, they, they had 19 wins last year. And statistically, according to the war stat, they have the worst, worst. war statistic in the history of, of the MLB. war. They're so bad. They're just terrible. They have no one good. No. Um, yeah, I agree. They're, they're easily the worst team in this division. I don't think it's even all that close, to be honest with you. Nope. Uh, Pirates last. Uh, I would go and put... Probably the oh, Reds here, maybe? I would put the Reds next. Yeah, they lose a guy like Trevor Bauer, and I'm not sure they gained a, that many offensive pieces. I mean, I'm going to click here and we'll see what their roster's looking like because it's been a while. Um, okay, Joey Votto, Sonny Gray, not bad. Arjano Suarez is, is decent. Luis Castillo's... Their, their pitching staff is still solid. Nick Castellanos, Mike Moustakis. They're not bad. I would say it's close with them and, and the Brewers. I would put Cincinnati there, though. and I just think it's the Christian Yelich effect. I think if he's on your team, you have a better chance of being yeah. good. So I think you're right, Reds and then Brewers right there above. Yeah, and I think Yelich is just one of those energizers to a team, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, he is. And then... Um, I just think the guy like uh, Colton Wong has mm. been playing really well in the spring for them. He has. Keston Hiera comes back. He's, he'll be really good. Okay, so then second in the division, who do you like? Do you like Chicago? Or, I like or Chicago at two because I think St. Louis is, is a clear number yeah. one here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you look at the Cubs. They don't really have a true number one starting pitcher. I mean, you look at their line. So, Arietta, Zach Davies, Trevor Williams, Kyle Hendricks. Kyle Hendricks isn't bad. He's not a true number one. No. Brandon Workman. Uh, just not a lot of really, really good starters. And I just think with a guy like Jack Flaherty, you get Wayno back. Yeah. Who's still throwing really well. Um, I would I would say that the Cubs are a two. And plus, you add Arenado to that. Oh God! To that team in St. Louis, that's that's going to be insane. Yep. So, um, St. Louis one, Chicago yeah. two, Milwaukee three, Cincinnati four, and Pittsburgh fifth. Now, with that being said, I could seriously sit here and say that the Pirates still could be the only team from this division on the outs. Yeah. Like I still think even Cincinnati, even though they're fourth, I still think that they could be like an eighty-five win team. Yep. So question here do you want to do the nl west now or do you want to save the best for last <laughs> or do you want to get that in now nah, we'll, just do, we'll, we'll just do it now all right um 
So the NL West, Dodgers, Padres, Giants, Rockies, and the Diamondbacks. So last here in the division, I would say Colorado. I would say either Colorado or San Francisco. Um, Yeah, Colorado just really doesn't have any pitching. They have nobody. Trevor Story's good. He's probably a top three shortstop, but... Outside of him, Charlie Blackman's fine, can't play defense. Kyle Freeland's not a true number one. And uh, outside of that, John Gray isn't a, isn't a good, really good pitcher either. Herman Marquez, okay. Yeah, I just don't see a lot um, from them. And then offensively, I, I they don't have enough oomph to get them over that, that hurdle. So I, yep. I agree. Um, the Rockies down there in the basement. Um, who do you like? That I think the Giants are. The Giants would, then be, would be next. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree. They just they just lack talent. Period. And and it's really going to be tough for these Colorados, these Giants this year, and even the Diamondbacks. This entire division is going to be terrorized by oh, yeah. the Dodgers and the Padres all yeah. year. Um, I agree. So there's yeah. just there's just no pitching whatsoever in San Fran. I would listen say, to their top pitchers right now. Logan Webb. Jake McGee, Kevin Gosman, Aaron Sanchez, and Johnny Cueto. Sounds like a winning rotation to me. That is, that's actually embarrassing that they're going to go out there like that. Yeah, um, it's not and a good look. Their lineup isn't great either. Buster Posey's good, aging though, not a top five catcher anymore. Uh, Mike Yastrzemski's getting there as an outfielder. He's the son of the former Hall of Famer. Um, Tommy Lestella is fine. He's bounced around. He's a journeyman. Brandon Crawford can't hit, can field, can't hit. Brandon Belt's aging, can't really hit that well anymore. Provides some pop, not enough. Evan Longoria's on the outs. Yep. It's just a very old roster that doesn't have a lot of zip or pop to it, so I'd go Giants. Yep. Um, and then I would, I'd say a no-brainer. Yeah. A Diamondbacks on top of that. Um, but then, here we go. This is going to be where the battle's at between for, for the first. Um Obviously, both these teams will end up making the playoffs, probably. Uh, it, it would be insane. I, I, it would be insane that they don't. But vote. but who who wins the division? So let's just go through the lineup right now. So Okay, I'll, I'll pull up. Um, Tatis at short. Machado at third. Jake Cronenworth at second. Eric Hosmer at first. Your outfield then goes Will Myers. Tommy Pham, and probably Trent Grisham. Mm. And then you got Austin Nola behind the plate. And then you look over at LA and their starting rotation. They have Clayton Kershaw, Trevor Bauer, Walker Bueller, David Price, and Dustin May. See, that's really good. <laughs> yeah. And then you also look at San Diego's. Yep. You Darvish, Blake Snell. Is Clevenger going to be back? Yeah, Clevenger will be back. Oh wait, hold up! No, I think he's gonna miss. He's gonna miss the twenty twenty one season. What? Clevenger is gonna be out. Do you still have Darvish? You still have Snell, Joe Musgrove, Denelson Lamette, Chris Paddock. Denelson Lamette had a sub two ERA last year before he got hurt. Dude, th- this team. And then you look at the back end of the bullpen: Mark Melanson, Keona Kella, Emilio Pagan, Dan Altavilla, Taylor Williams. Craig Stamen, Drew Pomeranz, proven guys. Proven guys. Yep. 
Um, and I actually really like their back end because a lot of these guys have really good movement on their pitches, and that's the way you beat the Dodgers. If you give them fat, look, I don't care if you throw 110. If you give Corey Seager 110 miles of a fastball down the middle, he's, he's, he's murdering it. So who do you like here? Padres at number one or L.A. at number one? L.A. added Trevor Bauer. They did it out Trevor Bauer. It hurts me to say it. I got. I gotta go. San Diego two. Yep. I'll put L.A. first. San LA Diego for, two. Now this is by like two or three games. This is gonna come down to probably the final weekend. To, uh, the, definitely the final week. Maybe even the final weekend series. Mm-hmm. Um, it's put, gonna be so close. And I still think that doesn't mean that San Diego couldn't beat L.A. in a series if they come to it in the playoffs. Absolutely. It's tough. Which is why this is so interesting. (sighs) Very rarely do you have two teams that are this good in the same division. It just doesn't happen. I would say... doesn't happen. You consider and tell me Yankees this, Yankees that. I think those are the two best rosters in the league. Yeah. I don't even think it's all that close. Top to bottom? I mean, we're about to go through the AL, but I don't think a team in the AL even really comes all that close. No, no. So do you want to start in the AL East then? Yeah, we'll start in the AL East here. Getting my new piece of paper so we can have this written down here. Well, look at you. Yeah, well, you know. Okay, so at least I think it would be pretty easy to say the Orioles are going to be at the bottom. Yep, that's I just don't think they're a very good team. They don't have a lot of pitching. Um, They lack pop. They lack anything, really. Um, I could not even tell you a guy on the roster right now. I seriously could not. Yeah. I'll click on it to see if I do, but I actually don't think I know a guy on the roster. Oh, Chris Davis is still there. Trey Mancini. Okay. Oh, they signed Matt Harvey. That's cool. He was old, so it doesn't matter. Freddie Galvis is fine. Yomer Sanchez is decent. I mean, it's just a very... It's a it's a collection of average to below average players. It's no like, pitching whatsoever. I don't recognize a pitcher on this whole roster. And I think this Baltimore Orioles team would, you know, sweep the Pirates, even though... Yeah, <laughs> I think it, it wouldn't... You know, yeah, probably. Um, okay, so we got the Orioles there. I would go Red Sox next. Yeah. I just don't think they're that good. Their pitching is just terrible. And they can't keep up with... Even... They're actually playing the Pirates right now. They're in the bottom of the first. Really? 0-0. Zero, zero. Um, I mean, look, Chris Sale coming back, that's going to be big. Garrett Richards is fine. He's a, he's a average at best three, but he's probably going to be there two, so that's a problem. Nick Pavetta. Um, Nathan Avaldi will be okay. I just I don't see yeah. it. I I just really don't see it. I would it. go Baltimore on the bottom, then Boston, and then I would put Toronto. So we go Boston. Would you? Yeah, I think people are overrating the Blue Jays yeah. a lot. People are saying like, "Oh, Bo Bichette this," but look, I like Bo Bichette, but he's very young. We have no idea. Vladdy can't hit the ball. That's true. He can't hit the ball yeah. when he does, it flies. But he's batting like two twenty in his career right now. So I I agree with you. I'd go. I'd go Toronto next. I would say after that, it's tough between the Rays and the Yankees because I, mm. I want to say that the Yankees, because they're so talented, but the Rays just win more consistently, which is crazy to think. But as of late, the Rays simply win more. But they lose a guy like Blake Snell. They're not getting any younger. I just I, I would probably go with the Rays at two. I would go Rays too. And the Yankees are just loaded at the one spot. Um, I, it's insane. They pick up Corey Kluber and 
Jamison Tyone. I mean, like, just the, let me just read you the top people on this on this roster: Corey Kluber, DJ LeMahieu, who hasn't hit under 300 in his last four years; Aaron Judd, Brett Gardner, Jamison Tyone, Garrett Cole, Gary Sanchez, Justin Wilson, John Carlos Stanton, Luis Severino, Domingo Armand, Luke Voigt, Clint Frazier, Aroldis Chapman, Glaber Torres, Gio Urshela, Ur- Urshela uh, Miguel Andujar, Mike Talkman, Aaron Hicks, Tyler Wade. Look, I've been through like 13 guys, and all of them would be high-end starters. High-end starters pretty much everywhere. Yep. Like, as a position player. I mean, they're loaded. They're loaded. And they can put out a multitude of different combinations at a lineup and win consistently. I like the Yankees at one. I think I think there should be favorites to go to the World Series from the AL. Yep. I think the White Sox might be close, but then they lose, uh, who they lose? Aloy Jimenez? Torres Peck? Yeah, he did. All right, let's go to the AL Central. Uh, so bottom of the division, I'd put Detroit. I would put Detroit. Detroit and then Kansas City. And then Kansas and, City. And it would be really close. Yeah, I think KC is getting there. I like Whit Merrifield a lot, and I think they've made some decent acquisitions. So I, w- I would go KC. Mm-hmm. is definitely a little bit above Detroit. Yeah. And then it's hard to not look at the Indians and say it's, it's, it's Cleveland. It's got. It's got to be Cleveland. It's got to be Cleveland, and then Minnesota, and I'd put the White Sox at the top of that one. I would too, just because. I mean, look, they are fairly loaded too. I mean, let's see here. They pick up Liam Hendricks, who's probably one of the better reliever closers in the game. Yeah. Lance Lynn, Michael Kopech's going to be pretty good. Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu, Adam Eaton, Luis Robert, Yoan Moncada, Nick Madrigal. They're loaded. Ismani Grandal, Dallas Keuchel, Lucas Giolito. It's going to be a really good team. It's a team. very well-rounded team. Yeah, I would put them at the top of the division for sure. Um, okay, so we said... Detroit, Kansas City, and then Cleveland, Cleveland and then Minnesota. Minnesota, and then Chicago. Minnesota's fine. They lack pitching for me. It just seems like they've been okay for like four straight years. It's like, you got to give me something. Add something. Yeah. Um... Chai Sox. All right. And then finally, the AL West. All right. Um, bottom of the division. I would probably go Rangers, maybe. I would go Rangers. And, and then, then Mariners? And then Mariners, because the Mariners gave up a lot. Yeah, last they just, year. yeah, it's not great. I would go, yeah. I'd go Rangers, Mariners. I'd probably go Angels next. Even with Mike Trout, they just don't win enough. They don't have enough pitching. Angels. And then Houston and Oakland on top. I couldn't agree more. Houston loses a guy like George Springer. Um, Obviously, they didn't have Garrett Cole last year, but it proved that it wasn't, you know, that was a big factor. Jose Altuve's kind of starting to be on the decline a little bit. Um, and they still are battling off that sign-stealing scandal. As much as you want to look past it, it's still going to be there for at least four to five more seasons, I oh, feel, yeah. um, where, where people are really looking back and, and mad about it. Um, so to say that they're going to be getting headhunted again this year would be an understatement. Uh, Houston at two, Oakland at one. Oakland is stacked. Yeah, they're, they're very well-rounded. I like Oakland. I think they need more pitching, but... 
their offense is pretty good. So yeah, yeah. they can hit the ball. Yeah. Uh, so those are our standings. We should have a graphic up on our Instagram with those later as well. Uh, that is at the underscore issue podcast on Instagram. Go ahead, check that out. Um, later on when we have the graphics up so we are going to get into a little bit of march madness now i know you said you had some games some picks that you wanted to make for some some betting lines here Yeah, i know some people like to bet and you know there's really not much betting going on we don't care about um nhl's tough to tough to bet on and then preseason baseball is no one cares yeah um okay so today at 240 we have oregon state and Loyola Chicago. Loyola Chicago is a minus seven. Oh. So they're favored by seven points. I would like that, and i like them to cover that. Look, Oregon State's had a very good run. They won the Pac-12 tournament, and they've won their first two games here to get the Sweet 16. Loyola Chicago is an incredibly underrated team. They have dissected people. It's been incredible to watch. They're a really good team. Um, like, really, they... Thoroughly dominated Illinois, who I thought was probably the best team in the in the in the whole tournament. I thought Illinois was really good, and Loyola Chicago made them look like a high school basketball team. So I think seven points against the Beavers. I think I think uh, Oregon State they just don't have it left. So I would I would feel comfortable taking that yep. minus seven. Yeah. All um, right. So going. How about Baylor also at five fifteen today. Um, against Villanova, favored by seven and a half. I don't like that. I don't See, like that at all. Stay away from Villanova. Really good in March. Jay Wright is a phenomenal coach um, for Villanova. They don't have as much talent as Baylor, but those two losses Baylor has haven't been great losses. Like they are prone to a little bit of a loss here. And I'm not saying that they're gonna lose, but I'm not sure. I would say they're gonna win by seven and a half. I think it's gonna be a tight game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't feel comfortable taking that. Okay, so what do you feel about? Uh, Oral Roberts and Arkansas because Arkansas is favored by eleven and a half. But look, I, I feel like Arkansas wins this game, but I don't know if it's by eleven and a half. I wouldn't take that. See, personally, I would, and let me tell you why. I think Oral Roberts is at the end of the line here. Arkansas shoots the lights out, and usually, like, like for example, let's let's go back to those Oral Roberts games, right? So they beat Florida. Now let's see what Florida shot, you know, from, like, like stat-wise. I know it wasn't good. Hold up. i got to find it now. All right, here. Florida. Okay, yeah. Florida shot 31, a oh, little bit under 32% from three. Not good enough. Simply not good enough. Um... What, what was the other stat I was looking at? There it is. And then turnovers. 19 turnovers. Arkansas shoots the ball well and doesn't turn the ball over. If you, like, when you're getting upsets, you need a team to shoot poorly and get some turnovers. Like, you look here, how about when they beat Ohio State? Well, Ohio State taught, shot 21.7% from three. That's abysmal. Okay, well, here's. And then you get on a turnover. Okay, Ohio State had 16 and Oral Roberts had six. So it's like, you gotta, you gotta look at these, um, at these little stats like that, to get those upsets, you need the other team to to have an off night. And Arkansas does it. They shoot the ball so well. Well, here's the thing. I'm looking at these stats here from the season. So I'm just going to run down here. Points scored, um, Arkansas's fifth. Oral Roberts is 16th. In, in these are the league rankings, right? Country. Yeah. Um, points per game, 
Arkansas 7th, Oral Roberts 12th. Field goal percentage. Arkansas 97th, Oral Roberts 113th. Free throw percentage. Oral Roberts is 1st in the nation. And Arkansas is 77th. Three-point percentage. Oral Roberts is 12th. Arkansas is 181st. Really? They've been shooting it good as of late, though. Total rebounds. Oral Roberts is 206th. That's where they they lose. And Arkansas is 17th. I I think this game's going to be closer than 11.5. I do think Arkansas wins, though. I would I would put money on Arkansas with the with the eleven, but that's just me. All right. All right. How about Syracuse and Houston? I like Syracuse to win this. Yeah. I don't. Houston's a decent team. I think they're a pretender in March. I think so too. I don't. I think that zone is really getting to people. I actually really like Syracuse as an upset plus six and a half. Big orange baby. And I don't think that's a crazy one to say. I think a lot of people are probably thinking that as well. So now let's go on to the next day of games. Creighton at Gonzaga. Gonzaga's favored by 13.5. I like Gonzaga to cover that. They're the, easily the best team in the tournament. Yeah. It's not even close. I thought uh, Illinois was. Now it's Gonzaga. They are going to run away with this one. Jalen Suggs, uh, Drew Timmy, um, Corey Kispert. Those are three of the ten best players in the, in the game right now. Um, I'll take that minus thirteen and a half all day. What about you? You, you swallowing that for Gonzaga? I think I would so take good. that. I would uh, take that. I agree. How about Michigan minus two and a half against Florida State? I like Florida State to win. Mm-hmm. Okay, see, I like Michigan to win, and if it's two and a half, I might as well take the spread anyway. But I don't feel good about it. I don't like. I wouldn't put money on that. Florida State is a very scary, sneaky team in March. They rebound the ball very well, mm-hmm. and you look at it almost like remember that. Uh, that Yale-Baylor game when the guy's like, how does Yale out-rebound Baylor? <laughs> he's like, well, when the ball comes off the glass, you know that yeah, interview? Yeah, He's not wrong, though. Like, rebounding is huge in March. Mm-hmm. And Florida State rebounds the ball really well. Yep. So. Uh, Alabama favored by 6.5 over UCLA. I like Alabama by 6.5, quite honestly. I don't. I think it's going to be a really close game. UCLA has been playing really well down the stretch here. Actually, no, I do. I do. Yeah, I do. I think it's the end of the line. I, Yeah, I'll go Alabama as well. Okay. I, like I said, I, w- I don't feel great about that. The one I do feel great on is Oregon and USC tomorrow night at 945. And you like USC by that too? Nope, I like Oregon. Oh, I would wow. put significant money on Oregon. Would you? They ran through Iowa. It okay. wasn't even close. Now, I will say USC ran through Kansas. Two really impressive wins, and I like the size of USC, but Oregon shoots the ball so well. They do. Um, I, I They're just really athletic, hyper-athletic wing guys. Um, Chris Duarte, uh, what, what the other guy's name is like Richardson something, really good wing defenders. I like Oregon. I think they win by double digits, okay. even though they're the underdog here. Um, so games I'd put money on Oregon over USC at plus two, um, Gonzaga minus thirteen and a half against Creighton. Put money on that as well, and then uh, Loyal Chicago minus seven today at two forty, and uh, what other game? Oh, and then uh, I said Syracuse at plus six and a half as okay. well. So all right, um, so that's just about all we have for you guys today. Um, make sure you go to our Instagram 
at the underscore issue podcast. And then when you're done there, go over to our Twitter, which is just at the issue podcast. Uh, check us out there. Drop us a like, follow, comment, DM us, you know, whatever. Get in contact. Yeah, it was a pleasure having you guys in today. Absolutely. Yeah. Have and a fantastic March. Go watch some March Madness. Even if you don't like basketball, it's just an excuse to sit on the couch. Yeah. Have a beverage, if you know what I mean. And uh, <laughs> just relax, you know. March is a magical time. Baseball's coming up. If you're a baseball fan, it's awesome. The NFL draft's coming up, so you got to love that. Exactly. Um, Let's yeah. finish out March strong, eh? Like yeah. four days left. Let's I get like through it. it. Um, so thanks for listening, guys. That was The Issue.